Welcome to the Downtown Browntown podcast. I'm your host, Jake Brown, otherwise known as Downtown Brown. Please make sure to follow me on Twitter at downtown underscore brown. Find my podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And also by following me on Instagram at downtown underscore brown 33. My episodes are shared on both of those platforms. So you'll be able to find the podcast by following me one of those two ways or subscribing on Apple or Spotify. Um, The links are in both of my social media profiles. All right, enough of that. Let's get into this game here. Bucks winning game five in Boston, 110 to 107. Um, Man, that, that was something else, you know. This team is resilient. They find ways to get wins when no one expects them to do so. Um, I'm definitely one of those people. I doubted this team coming into the series. I doubted them after that tough game four loss um, that I was in the building for. Um, and, you know, this team continues to prove me wrong. And, you know, I'll, I'll take ownership of it. I, I shouldn't doubt this team at this point. It's just, you know, Sometimes the overreaction said a little too hard, and uh, I certainly uh, fall into that bucket of overreacting. But enough about me. You know, uh, obviously, Bucks taking a 3 2 lead now in the series in the driver's seat to win the series. Closeout game Friday night in Pfizer Forum. I will be in attendance for that one as well. Uh, very much looking forward to that. Planning on losing my voice and hopefully celebrating a Bucks second round win over the Boston Celtics without their second best scorer in Chris Middleton. What a feat that would be. Um, again, this team is just something else. You know, once you win a title, you've got that heart of a champion and the Bucks are certainly showing that um, in the series and, and, and obviously all of last year as well. Um, what, what a game, what a game. Uh, Bucks down 14 points with around 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. I mean, really at that point, just didn't feel like it was it was their night. Um, it felt like at that point the Bucks were gonna have to, you know, play an elimination game, hopefully force a game seven and see what happens there. But um, they just hung in there. They made plays when it mattered most. Guys like Drew, Giannis, Bobby Portis, Pat Connaughton. They had some huge plays, even Wesley Matthews as well. God, I'm such a fan of Wesley Matthews. Um, but just some huge plays. And, um, you know, this they they find ways to get it done. And uh, hats off to Coach Budenholzer at first um, to start it off with. He made some good adjustments in this game, starting with uh, the same starting lineup of Drew Grayson, um, Grayson, Wesley, Giannis, and Brooke. Um, and, but the, the main adjustment there was instead of having Brooke Lopez guard Al Horford, and he was really struggling with him in game four, uh, he couldn't just, he couldn't stick with him on the pick and rolls and Horford would be setting screens. He would help off of him when he was in the corners. And that's where a lot of those open corner threes came from Al in game four. Um, when he had a huge 30-point game, 16 in the fourth quarter. Um, so really, the adjustment had to be made. You got to throw Giannis on Horford, and uh, they threw Brooke Lopez on Grant Williams, which I thought that was a great move by Bud. 
um, it, it really helped. Um, but even with that, you know, Brooke Lopez wasn't a huge factor in this game. He only played 20 minutes um, because Bud stuck with a different lineup there to, to close the game. And I think it was a great one. Uh, Giannis, or sorry, yeah, Giannis, obviously, but I'll start with the guards. Drew, Pat, Wesley Matthews, Giannis, and Bobby Portis is the closing lineup for the Bucks in this one. And um, I really like that, that lineup against this Boston Celtics team. Well, Brooke, he, he's great. I love Brooke Lopez, Bucks legend. His his jersey will be retired. His number will be in the Raptors. I I would be shocked if it's not. Um, but you know, we saw it in, in bits and spurt, uh, bits and I can't talk right now. Bits and pieces of the uh, um, of the playoffs last year. Um, you know, against the Suns, where Brooke Lopez wasn't used quite as much. Uh, Bobby Portis was a nice matchup in that series. Um, but again, Bud just making those right lineup adjustments, making some key little tweaks here in this game that really made a big difference. And uh, I think they had to turn to Bobby. You know, Grayson, obviously, he, he hasn't really been getting it done in this series. Um, I mean, I don't know if he has necessarily had the worst game in the world. He had eight points, three of seven from the field, one of two from three, five assists, and a block with three turnovers. Uh, he was plus five in his 30 minutes. Clearly in that um, in the third quarter, he was getting hunted on defense by the likes of Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, even Marcus Smart, and and they were making him pay. Um, you know, we're, we've got limited options at this point, so you kind of got to stick with uh, you kind of have to stick with um, Grayson Allen. He's got to play at least twenty minutes. You know, we just don't have the bodies to throw in there to really take those minutes. I know a lot of Bucks fans want Javon Carter out there. Um, over George Hill, and we'll get to that later. But um, yeah, Grayson, not not the best game for him, at least defensively. But you know, Bobby's a guy that they had to turn to. He's a guy who think he can he can hang with Al Horford, Grant Williams. He's a good matchup in the series, and uh, he only got 20 minutes in um, in Game Four, and was really apprehensive shooting the ball. Funny opportunities he had to hit three pointers or shoot at least take a three, and uh, he'd pump fake late and try to drive and make something happen, and it just wasn't working out for him. Uh, still not the best shooting game for Bobby in this one. 14 points on 14 shots. Obviously, when your shot attempts match the number of points you have, that's going to mean you have an inefficient shooting night. 0 for two from three as well. But hey, he hit six free throws, all six of his free throws. 15 rebounds, seven offensive rebounds, including some huge ones late in that game. Obviously, the missed, Giannis missed free throw. Um, you know, this the second last Bucks possession. Bobby Portis gets the rebound and puts up that tough shot off the backboard to get the Bucks up 108 to 107. Um, and then Drew Holiday shows why he's the real defense defensive player of the year versus the fraud defensive player of the year. That is Marcus Smart who gets awarded for flopping. I don't know what it is. I mean, that, that offensive foul on Giannis with about three and a half minutes in the fourth, that was, that was ridiculous. Uh, he just clearly flopped so bad. And he's just, he's a good defender, but he is not even close to the defensive player of the year. That player should have been Drew Holiday, and he proved it again in this game. The blocked shot and steal off of Marcus Smart there on the second to last Boston possession, um, throwing it off of him then when he was falling out of bounds so that the Bucks retain the, the ball and can 
uh, get fouled, knock down some free throws. Shout out to the clutch Pat Connaughton, big shot Pat, as I like to call him. Uh, he's been great all series. Definitely the buck back the Bucks best bench player in the series, as we saw throughout most of the postseason last year. Um, and he was great in this game once again. Two clutch free throws at the end it's for a, a low volume free throw shooter as well. Um, in Pat Connaughton, so for him to be able to step up there and make two clutch free throws, I mean, what a great game for him! Thirteen points in thirty-one minutes, four of seven from the field, three of five from three. One rebound, one steal, one block. Uh, Pat was excellent. He was great in this game. He obviously needs to be in the closing lineup in this series because he's just been rock solid for this team all playoffs. Um, but again, I mean, what a game. What an ending there for the Bucks! Going on a huge run, 11-2 at the end of the game to get the win. They had some big-time momentum plays to Boston. Al Horford, uh, you know, a tip in dunk was ridiculous. Um, you know, they had some big plays. Obviously, the foul on Tatum late there for him to make both free throws. Um, for Boston to go up two there, 107 to 105, I believe it was at that time. Um, but again, the Bucks just rallied. Giannis, it's a huge three at the end of the fourth quarter um, after after the offensive rebound from I think it was Wesley Matthews. Again, shout out Wesley Matthews. He is just such a freaking awesome player for this team. I'm, I'm a huge fan. Uh, nine points for Wesley in 37 minutes. Three of nine from the field. Three of six from three. That's great for him. Seven rebounds, including three offensive. A couple key ones late, as I already mentioned. Two assists and a steal. Plus six for Wesley in his 37 minutes. That's a lot of minutes for Wesley Matthews, like just for an older guy. Um, but I, I love it. I think he should be getting those minutes because he's just such a solid player. His defense on Tatum's excellent. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He can hit three-point shots. He was 50% from three in this game. Um, and and he's he's just an awesome player. I, I'm trying to uh, get me a Wesley Matthews jersey shirt here at the game. Uh, I'm going to check out the pro shop for, beforehand just because I, I love the guy. But uh, big, big-time game for Wesley Matthews. Um, he has been just, just so big, really, all series long. Before... Uh, Keep jumping around here. I want to go to just the overall team stats of the game and then kind of break down into more of the individual performances from the players uh, like I usually do. So uh, overall team stats here, the Bucks shot 43.5% from the field, 40 of 92. Boston, 42 of 82, 51.2%. So about an eight uh, percentage point difference there for Milwaukee and Boston, that's pretty significant. Um, and obviously for the Bucks to be on the short end of that, um, they, they made less shots than the Celtics, but um, they attempted 10 more. Uh, that speaks to the rebounding. Um, Bucks out-rebound the, the Boston Celtics 49 to 36. 17 offensive rebounds for the Bucks as opposed to five for the Celtics. That is, that's, that's a big time reason the Bucks win this game getting second chance opportunities, especially late in that fourth quarter. Obviously the Bobby Portis, um, the Bobby Portis offensive rebound off Giannis and his free throw is the biggest one. But again, that one by Wesley to get Giannis the three to get it to 105, 102. I mean, just huge, huge plays for the Bucs. If you give this team second chance opportunities, they're going to capitalize on them. 
they certainly did that in this game. Um, but going back to the shooting, again, Bucks made two less shots, but they made three more threes, and that's that's where it came down to. Bucks were 13 of 29 from from three, 44.8%. That's clearly their best shooting game from three in the series. And boy, did they need every one of those threes. Uh, Boston, 10 for 31. That was 32.3% from three. So even though the Bucks didn't make as many shots and, um, you know, they were outscored or Boston shot better, 8% from the field. Bucks get the 12.5% difference, 12.5% point difference there. Um, from three, which is huge. Free throws, Bucks 17-21, 81%. All of those free throws are missed by Giannis. He was six for 10 in the game. Uh, Boston 13-15. So Bucks took six more free throws and made four more. So again, another reason there why the Bucks were able to uh, get it done. Um, assists, 22-25, Boston had the edge there. Uh, steals and blocks, Bucks had 10 total. Boston had 13, 13 turnovers for the Bucs, uh, but they really cleaned it up in the second half. They had about nine turnovers, I think, in the first half and only four in the second half. Really big difference there for the Bucs. Ten, uh, they did have 10, Boston had 10 turnovers. So uh, Boston won the turnover battle, and they also had more points off of our turnover, 16 to the Bucks, 13. So um, Boston had the edge there. Fast break points, they had, they had the edge as well, 15 to 7. Points in the paint, Bucks usually dominate this one, but they were outscored in the paint 50 to 44, even though Giannis was dominating in the paint. Um, again, Boston had the edge there, but that the, the three-point shooting and a couple more free throws is really the difference, along with Bucks out-rebounding the Celtics by 13 uh, and 12 more offensive rebounds. Those are really the keys for me in this game for the Bucks being able to pull it off and get a win. Uh, let's look at some of the players now. Got to start with Giannis. I mean, this guy is unbelievable. 40 points in 40 minutes, 16 of 27 from the field. Nice, efficient scoring game for Giannis, right around his average in the playoffs last year of 57% from the field. Uh, 16 for 27 is fantastic. Two of five from three. I've said it many times on this podcast. I don't I never like it when Giannis takes threes, even when they go in. I mean, yeah, I'm obviously fine if he makes it, but like, I just, I don't like it. I mean, it's coming into this game. He was, I think it was before the last three that he made, he was two of 17 from three in the series. Um, obviously it's that huge, huge three late in the fourth to get the bucks to within three points. Um, he's going to take a few every game. And I think part of it too, is something we've got to keep in mind is that, Giannis has been gassed all series. I mean, part of the reason the Bucs couldn't get it done in game four in the fourth quarter was because Giannis was just absolutely gassed. He was carrying the team pretty much all game and uh, couldn't get it done. Uh, he was just, I think he was just too tired. Um, so some of the times he makes takes those three-pointers, I think it's just a little bit of a time for him to just take a possession off and, uh, you know, just it doesn't take much energy, you know, to shoot a three-pointer. Giannis is always going to have open looks from three. So, um, so yeah, really, it's I think he's just kind of taking a little bit of a breather sometimes when he's um, taking those threes. I mean, he has all the confidence in the world that he can make them and all the power to him because he's obviously not a great three-point shooter. But, man, I mean, 
two, five, and three, it's 40%. That's good. So really nice stuff from Giannis there. I mentioned he was six for 10 from the free throw line. All of our other free throws were made in the game, highlighted by six for six from Bobby Portis. 11 rebounds for Giannis, three assists, one steal, one block, seven turnovers. Uh, that's, that's, that's tough, but hey, doesn't matter. He got the win. He was plus seven in this 40 minutes. I mean, Giannis was great. That huge block he had on Horford late in the fourth quarter. I mean, just coming up with big time plays throughout the whole game. I mean, he was keeping the Bucks in this game in the first half. He was dominant, scoring at will in the paint. He certainly figured out the Celtics defense and how to get to the rim. He cooked Al Horford in this game. Al could not guard him at all. I think Grant Williams has done a better job on Giannis altogether. Um, but Giannis has got Al's bag now. I mean, it's it's he's got him. It's, it's awesome. And we saw an adjustment that Udoka, Coach Ime Udoka of the Celtics, did throw uh, Al, or sorry, Grant Williams on Giannis. Um, and that's probably what we're going to see in most of game six. Oops. When you've got the best player in the series, that's Giannis. He is the heart and soul of this team. And again, he carried this team to victory um, in a game that, you know, it wasn't a must win. But, you know, if you get this one, you're certainly in the driver's seat to get the win in the series. So it all starts and ends with Giannis. He was absolutely fantastic as he always is. He's got the Celtics defense figured out and, um, and he's, he was just fantastic. So uh, he did get pretty bruised up in this game. Uh, he had a, a cut in his eye um, that he suffered late in the fourth quarter. He was bleeding, he had to clean up the blood. Um, in his post-game press or interview with uh, the TNT crew, you could see, I mean, the gash right in his right eye. It looked pretty, looked pretty gnarly. Um, but I mean, obviously Giannis is, he'll be out there for game six. He'll be just fine. Uh, he's going to battle through it like he always does. And certainly he's taken a beating in the series, but Giannis is the man He came through and the Bucks absolutely needed him most and, uh, was obviously the catalyst for this team getting the win in game five of this series that was tied two to two. Got to go to Drew Holiday next. It's, it's a roller coaster with Drew a lot. Uh, specifically on the offensive end, but you know what? Drew Holiday's a winning player, and he comes through in the clutch time and time again like he did in this game. 24 points for Drew in 41 minutes. It did take him 24 shots, so as I mentioned earlier with Bobby Portis, you know, 14 points on 14 shots, that's always going to be inefficient, and Drew was certainly inefficient like he has been pretty much all series. Nine of 24 to get to his 24 points, but Four of seven from three, that's over 50%, which is obviously great. Um, it's both of his free throws, eight rebounds, eight assists, a steal, two blocks, and just two turnovers. Drew was plus 14 in his 41 minutes. He had the highest plus minus for the Bucks in this game. So clearly when Drew was out there, the Bucks were playing their best basketball. Um, again, as I mentioned, his offense is certainly a roller coaster. Uh, some possessions he had, you know, in the third quarter of this game, earlier on in the first half. Uh, he started off good, hit a three-pointer early on in the game. He was getting to the basket, enforcing his will, using his strength to get to the rim and make some, some easy layups, but certainly missed some shots. Um, he took some really bad shots in this game, like he has all series. But 
in some ways you got to give credit to Drew for just sticking with it and being aggressive because without Chris Middleton, the Bucks clear second best scorer, Drew's got to take a lot of shots. You know, he's capable of making them. He's capable of making tough shots. He certainly did in this game, uh, even though he was inefficient from the field, but you know, he's got to take shots. He's got to be aggressive. Him and Giannis got to take the most shots out of any Bucks player. And uh, I'm fine with Drew Holiday trying to take some shots. I would prefer more ball movement, obviously. Uh, there was one point, I think it was in the third quarter, where we had like three possessions where Drew Holiday like just had the ball and didn't pass it at all. He just played that isolation hero ball, as I've mentioned on the pod many, many times, where one guy just dribble, dribble, dribbles, doesn't pass it at all, tries to beat their guy off the dribble and takes a tough shot. That's what Drew does a lot on offense, and, and we certainly saw that in this game. But, I mean, those plays he made in the fourth quarter, the three to tie up the game, that block slash steal on Marcus Smart was unbelievable. Um, and then, obviously, the steal on Smart to end the game there, snatching that defensive player of the year award out of his hands, which he, he should be because it's just a joke that Marcus Smart won that. He's just a complete fraud. And all he does is flop. I mean, yeah, he's a good defender, but he's not the defensive player of the year. That was a team award for Boston having the best defense in the regular season. Smart didn't deserve that. And I think Drew took that to heart a little bit. I don't think he was going to win the award this year, but he knows he's a better defender than, than Marcus Smart. And, uh, you know, he obviously showed him late in that game two clutch steals to, to seal it for the Bucs. I mean, you just can't say enough about Drew. He got his 24 points, even though it was inefficient, but he shot great from three. His defense is always fantastic, and uh, we're going to need him to come up big in game six. We need more scoring from him. Obviously, he really struggled in game four, five of 22 from the field. Really tough game for him, but he bounced back here. we got to get another scoring game from him and a defensive masterclass for the Bucks to be able to close the series out uh, in game six at home. So Drew Holiday was fantastic. I talked about Wesley Matthews already and Grayson Allen. Uh, we'll touch on Brooke Lopez a little bit more. Just two points in 20 minutes, one of four from the field, all of two from three, three rebounds and two assists. Uh, again, this is a tough series for Brooke. Um, the way the Celtics are playing, you know, Robert Williams has obviously missed the last two games with some knee soreness. Um, so that's forced Boston to go smaller in their starting lineup, replacing Robert Williams with Grant Williams, who's only 6'6". Um, obviously, Robert Williams, he's only, I think, 6'8", 6'9". Uh, but he plays big. He's just, he's a big. Um, he's not a wing. Robert Williams is a big. So it's tough for Brooke in the series, you know, with that the smaller lineup with Boston. Um, but again, that adjustment made by Coach Bud was fantastic to have Brooke Lopez guard Grant Williams and have Giannis on Horford just so we don't get another Horford game where he scores 30 points and was a big reason why the Bucks fell short in that game four at home. Um, so credit for, to the Bucks for uh, making that adjustment. But, you know, for Brooke, he's got to play some. You know, I think he's obviously still going to be in the starting lineup. I don't think the Bucks are going to, you know, go with their closing lineup to start the game. I mean, sure, you some – would think that that makes sense, but I think you just stick with it. You got it. Brooke has to play. You know, we we're, we're going with an eight man rotation. Um, it's very tight. Um, 
And and Brooke is one of one of our best players. He's got to get probably around 20 minutes is the sweet spot for him. So I'm expecting that again in game six. Um, hopefully he can score a little bit more, make a little bit more of an impact. But again, you know what the closing lineup is in the series. It's it's Drew, Pat, Wesley Matthews, Giannis, and Bobby Portis. That's that's the best lineup in the series by far. And uh, I'm sure Bud will be going with that lineup a lot in game six. So uh, not a lot from Brooke here. I mean, just got to survive his minutes out there and, and hope that he can hang on defense. Obviously, he's a great defender. He's our anchor on D. But again, he's getting pulled away from the rim a lot in this series by having to guard a guy like Grant Williams, who's a perimeter player. He's not sitting in the post. Um, but I'm really curious to see if Robert Williams comes back in this game six. It sounds like he's trending in the right direction. I think Boston certainly found something with that smaller starting lineup. So I'm really curious to see, A, if they play Robert Williams at all in this game, or if he's healthy, first and foremost. But B, if he's healthy, does he start? Does he come off the bench? How many minutes does he get? He's been getting pretty banged up in the series, and he obviously already had the torn meniscus um, you know, towards the end of the regular season when he came back in that net series. I think it was in game four. But, um, I mean, I think if he's active, he's going to get minutes. I don't think they'll start him. I think they're going to try and throw a wrinkle at the Bucks a little bit by having him come off the bench and fall into that role that Tice has been playing. Um, but I don't know. I'm not sure. I think Robert Williams has really struggled in this series. So part of me feels like in some ways that Udoka is just kind of resting him just because they, they think they're better off without him in this series. And I know that sounds crazy, but um, I just think that they've had a, a tough time with them uh, out there. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think he's going to get minutes. I think he's going to play but if he's healthy, but I don't expect him to start. Bench next. Um, we'll start with Pat Connaughton. Talked about him a little bit already. 13 points, 31 minutes, four of seven from the field, three of five from three. I think I already said his stats. Apologies for the redundancies there. But again, Pat is fantastic. He certainly showed why he's the best Bucks, uh, Bucks bench player. Uh, he comes through in the clutch. He's made some big time threes. Those threes where he catches high and shoots high. Like where he catches it up above his head and he doesn't even bring the ball down and shoots three. Let's call it a catch high, shoot high. Um, those are ridiculous. I mean, the, the level of difficulty for that shot is it's so ridiculous. I can't even fathom trying to take one of those shots. I would certainly airball it or not even come close, and especially in a big pressure situation in, in playoff games in the NBA. Pat Connaughton is amazing. He's He's such a great player, and uh, the Bucks have to be happy with having him, putting him in their closing lineup, and uh, just getting constant production from him. Three of five from three. He's been the only consistent three-point shooter for the Bucks in the series, and uh, hopefully he comes through at home in game six. Talked about Bobby Portis already. Again, he was, he was fantastic. George Hill, the last guy off the bench who got minutes. Zero points, 13 minutes, didn't take a shot. Two rebounds, two fouls. He was minus 15 in his 13 minutes. Obviously, George Hill is a huge topic of discussion. Buck's Twitter is just irate with him. They all want Javon Carter to play over him. Um, 
George Hill got 23 minutes in game four. And obviously the Celtics were hunting him late in that game. Jason Tatum had really took Hill to school there at the end of that fourth quarter of game four. Um, Hill had a hard time guarding him, but you know what, for me, I've always been a George Hill guy and I don't mind him getting those minutes. I think 23 is way too high. Um, like he got in game four, I think, yeah, 13 minutes, 15 as a max, like 10 to 15, somewhere in that range is where George Hill should be. Um, I like Javon Carter. I really do, but I don't think he's a great matchup in this series. He can't guard Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown and really George Hill has done pretty well on both of those guys. I know he got cooked against Tatum in game four late in the fourth quarter, but you know, it was just, it's going to happen. You know, we shouldn't have George Hill guarding Jason Tatum late in the fourth quarter because George Hill shouldn't be in late in the fourth quarter. They got to go with that closing lineup and they obviously will do that in game six, having Pat, Bobby, Drew, Wesley, and Giannis in there. Um, so we don't have to worry about that. But George Hill can certainly give you some spot minutes, you know, in the first through fourth quarters, whenever you want to play him. Um, and he's, he's going to be solid. I thought he had some really nice defensive possessions in this game. There's a couple on Jason Tatum that I remember specifically where he had really good contests on him and made the shots difficult. A couple on Jalen Brown as well. Brown did hit a really tough three-pointer over him when he got hot in the third quarter. With 16 points, six of 10 from the field for uh, for um, for Jalen Brown. But I think George Hill was was playing great defense. I mean, you can't deny that. So sure, he maybe he had a couple bad defensive possessions, but so do a lot of our other guys. Drew Holiday sometimes has bad defensive possessions. It happens. So I, I think Javon Carter's good. I just don't think he's a great matchup in the series because you would really like him on some of the better scorers or. Um, for the Boston Celtics. And I think if he's in there, Jason Tatum's going to go at him because he's just too short to guard Tatum. Jalen Brown is too strong for Carter. I just don't think he's a great matchup. I like him as a player, but we all know George Hill is Bud's guy. He's going to go with him because he trusts him more. Um, and I'm a George Hill supporter. I really don't hate the move with him getting the minutes. So I think we're going to see that going forward. The same eight man rotation. Uh, with the starters and then Bobby Hill and Connaughton off the bench. So um, expect to see that again in game six. Touch on the Celtics a little bit here. Uh, Jason Tatum led the way in points, 34 points on 29 shots. So pretty inefficient game for him. 12 of 29 from the field. He played 42 minutes, just two of 11 from three. Tatum has really struggled from three in most of this series. He did have a nice game from three in game four. Um, but I think the Bucks did a pretty good job on him, making it tough on him. Again, shout out to Wesley Matthews. His defense is absolutely outstanding. Uh, he did get nine free throw attempts and made eight of them. Uh, you'd like that number to go down a little bit. You want to keep Jason Tatum off the free throw line. He's aggressive. He's going to attack the basket, so he's going to force a few fouls here and there, but you'd like that number to come down just a little bit because he's making – nine out of 10 free throws, probably pretty much every game. So uh, I got to just defend him without fouling. And for the most part in the series, I think the Bucs have done a good job at that. Um, good game for Tatum. I mean, again, it was inefficient, but he still played well, leading the way in points there. Uh, Jalen Brown was next with 26, nine of 19 from the field. It's a little under 50%. That's 
that's still a pretty good game for Jalen Brown. Three of seven from three, eight rebounds, six assists. Um, he had a really big fourth quarter or third quarter, as I mentioned, 16 points, but the Bucks held him to 10 points in the other three quarters. So I think they did a pretty good job on Jalen Brown. Drew Holiday's been on him for the most part. And obviously Drew Holiday's defense is outstanding. So he's going to make it tough on Brown. He's had some nice games. Obviously the big time game in game two. Uh, he was in foul trouble in game four, but he bounces back with a nice game in game five here. But uh, again, we still made it tough on him. And 26 points on 19 shots, that's, that's not bad, but uh, you got to feel pretty good with how the Bucs defended Jalen Brown. Uh, Marcus Smart's next, 15 points for him in 38 minutes, 6 of 11 from the field, was 3 of 5 from 3. He certainly had it going from 3 in this game, hit some big-time threes in the third and fourth quarter. Um, Smart's not a guy that's really a three-point specialist. He can hit them, but it seems like when he plays against the Bucs, he makes more threes than he misses. Uh, he's had a rough shooting series overall, but obviously a nice game shooting all around with over 50% from the field, 60% from three. Uh, just two steals for him, four rebounds, one block. Did have three turnovers, a couple key ones in the fourth quarter that uh, kept the Bucks in this game. But, you know, Marcus Smart, he's a good player. He's a guy, if he's on your team, you love him, but every other team hates him. Um, and I'm certainly in that, that group. I can't say I'm the guy. He's a flopping machine. Uh, he falls over, it seems like, every play. I mean, it's just not even basketball, some of these plays that he makes. It's just stupid. But, you know, that's a guy that you don't want to get going from the field. He certainly had a nice game, but wasn't enough for the Celtics. Al Horford is a, is a big conversation here. After 30 points in game four, and he's averaged 19 points in, the, in this series coming into this game. Only eight points, four of seven from the field, 0 of two from three. It felt like Al Horford did not miss at all in game four. Didn't make a three in this game in 41 minutes. Only took seven shots. That is a massive win for the Bucs. Obviously, that adjustment made by putting Giannis on Horford helped a lot. Similar to what we saw in the Brooklyn Nets series last year when Jeff Green had the monster game. I think he had eight, seven or eight threes in game five when the Bucks blew a big lead in Brooklyn to go down three to two. They made an adjustment in that game to, um, to have Giannis guard Jeff Green, and that certainly made, made a difference there. Um, and they obviously made that adjustment again with Al Horford. He did have eight rebounds, six assists, three steals, and a block. Still not a terrible game from Al, but you just can't have him go off tough to beat the Celtics team when you got the Jays and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown going for 60. You know, if Al Horford gets 20 points, it's going to be tough to beat that team. Um, so I love the adjustments made there on Al Horford, and uh, certainly he was neutralized, didn't make a three. That is a massive win for the Bucs in this game to, to really limit his scoring. Lynch next, Derek White the big player off the bench, at least from a minutes perspective. Um, he had 32 minutes in the game, nine points, four or five from the field, one of two from three, five rebounds, six assists, two blocks for Derek White. He was plus eight in his 32 minutes. Coming into the series, I thought Derek White was better than he was. He did not play well earlier on in the series, but he played great in games four and five. 
as much as I still don't think he's that good, um, especially for what his contract is, he's making around $17 million a year, I believe. And the Celtics gave up a lot to get him in that trade, but you know what? He's a solid player. Uh, he's been shooting. He had 11 points in game four and nine in game five. So 20 points the last two games, certainly giving the Celtics a nice scoring boost off the bench. Um, but he's the main player there uh, in terms of their, their bench rotation. Um, again, nine points for him, most minutes with 32. Um, he, he's been playing well for them. And he's a, he's a solid defender. He's a good defender against guards. Uh, he's got quick feet. He's, he's pretty strong. Um, so solid player in Derek White. I'll have to admit on that one. But um, just don't want a guy like that going off. Um, he's not a good three-point shooter. He was shooting around 20-some percent for um, the regular season, but he's been making them in the series. But I uh, just got to hope that he doesn't have another big scoring game because um, you want to limit those points, obviously, as much as possible. Uh, Daniel Tice and Peyton Pritchard, uh, 11 minutes for Tice, 10 for Pritchard. Tice had 11 points in 11 minutes, 5 of 5 from the field. Uh one of those was a three-pointer. He played well. I mean, I think he's not very good, but he can score. Uh, he's a serviceable player in the league. I don't think he's a playoff caliber player. Um, but, again, um, he's got to get minutes. They just can't afford to play a six-man rotation, and they, they basically did in this game. Um, you know, with, with Tyson Pritchard only combining for 21 minutes, you know, they're starters, and, and Derek White, that's what they're rolling with especially obviously with the Robert Williams injury. So I think that'll be a reason for them to, you know, hopefully push for Robert Williams to play in this game because they just need minutes out of some other guys. Um, Pritchard only had four points in 10 minutes. Uh, he's not good. I mean, he can make shots. He's, he's decent with the ball. He can, he can beat some guys off the dribble, but you just can't rely on him to make shots. He airballed that three-pointer. He did hit his other two-point shots, but – I mean, you got to attack Peyton Pritchard when he's out there, and uh, the Bucks certainly did that. All right, so that's all I've got for you guys. I hope you enjoyed this one. Um, going into game six, the Bucks obviously got to come out swinging. The crowd is going to be rocking. I'm going to be screaming. I can't wait for it. Um, you know, at this point, there's not many more adjustments to be made. Both these teams know what they're going to do. Um, the Bucs just have to execute. It comes down to execution. And the Celtics, they're not going to lay over dead. You know, they are a tough team. They, they play with pride. They're going to come out swinging and try to win this game so they can force a game seven in Boston, uh, which would be a, a, a crazy atmosphere. Certainly don't want the Bucs to, to fall into that spot. You got to get it done. Close this series out at home. And you're in such a good spot to to get to the finals at that point, you know, I'm not going to look ahead really, but you know, obviously there's, there's some buzz that Chris Middleton could return in this Boston Celtics series. I should have mentioned that um, from the beginning. Um, there was a report from Dario Melendez, who is uh, a, the main sports guy for WISN who replaced Dan Needles. And he's, he said from a source that, um, and he certainly plugged in with the Bucks at least to some degree that, there's just there's a realistic possibility that Chris returns from game six or game six. Now, I think it, it could be a little different now if the Bucs won this game. Maybe they they don't 
risk him playing in this game and they try to close it out without him now that they have the opportunity to do so at home um, versus a game seven in Boston. But I still don't think Chris is going to play. You can't risk further injury. You know, if we can get by the series without him, get him back for the next series, the Bucks are would be in the driver's seat to get to the finals back to back years. And, and, and we're getting there. So I think you gotta take it easy with Chris and uh, just hope that he's ready to go in the next series. If the Bucks are able to close out the Celtics here again, you can't, you can't just, you can't just go out there with no energy, no, uh, no aggressiveness. You got to play hard in this game. Celtics are not going to back down. They've already beat the Bucks once on the road. They can certainly do it again. Um, it's going to come down to execution, though. Three-point shooting, limiting turnovers, rebounding, uh, making your free throws, all of these things. The Bucks got to be ready to go. And uh, I cannot wait to go to this game on Friday night. It is going to be hopefully a big-time performance and a big win to get the Bucks to their third Eastern Conference Finals in the last four years. That would certainly be uh, an unbelievable accomplishment. So... Uh, once again, that's all I've got for you guys today. Please make sure to follow me on Twitter at downtown underscore Brown. Subscribe on Apple and podcasts and Spotify. And if you feel inclined to do so, please leave me a five-star review. Uh, that would mean a lot to me. So thanks again, everyone. And as always, go Bucks.